Let's see. We're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good goal. Good goal. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal. And welcome back to Under Review. I'm Greg, and he is Steve. What is up, Steve? I'm doing pretty good. Um, it's Friday. Um, getting ready for a weekend full of trades. This is always the most fun part of the year for me personally. Um, yeah, I, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen. Uh, we're going to mostly talk trade scenarios today. Um, the Rangers are getting closer to the wildcard spot. I don't know how serious they are about it. I don't know how that changes their their MO ahead of the deadline. Are they keeping fast? Are they keeping Kreider? And are they going to go for it? Or did they commit to this being a rebuilding year and are they going to trade those players? I don't know. But some interesting stuff has happened the last few days. Um, we traded Joey Keane for Julien Gauthier, added a winger in exchange for a defenseman. Yeah, which I thought is a uh, really good on the Rangers' part. You know, trading uh, depth that we had that we have in order to try to bolster another part of our um, pool that's a little weak. Yeah, and if you look at it from the from Carolina's perspective, it was a good trade for them as well. Um, Gauthier will lose his waiver exemption status next season which means if they would have kept him, they would have him uh, pass through waivers if they want to have him play with the Charter Checkers, which means someone could claim him for free. Now, in exchange for trading him to the Rangers, they got a guy in Joey Keane who is still waiver-exempt for another few years. He's a defenseman who, as a rookie defenseman in the AHL, put up great numbers. Um, not necessarily a player who drives the play, but a good complementary defenseman on a team that has a really good defensive structure. So they add a young guy who can step in immediately and might be able in a year or two to take that next step up and move up the lineup as they uh, start to call up players from their Charlotte Checkers affiliate. So for, 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 the Charlotte, for the Carolina Hurricanes, this was a good trade as well. I think yeah, this was, no, I, I agree it, with you. It's a, it was a good trade on both ends, actually. Because the Rangers acquire a physical winger who can score goals, and to be honest, that's what they've been missing. The only big question I have is, can Gauthier actually make it in the NHL? Can he transition from the American Hockey League to the National Hockey League and be an effective player? Who knows? Um, time will tell. He played five games for the Carolina Hurricanes, made his Rangers debut against the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, didn't score a goal, but there were some flashes of what he can bring. He's, um, he's pretty quick. And as mentioned, physically, he, uh, he has a lot to offer as well. So the, the, the more traditional hockey fans should be happy with this player on the team. And uh, with the potential trade of Chris Kreider, which we'll get, uh, get to in a minute, um, there are at least some aspects that he can replace when we lose Chris Kreider. Because, let's be honest, it's going to be really difficult to replace Chris Kreider one-on-one. 
but maybe if we can if we can cut up Chris Kreider and divide his skill set into different bits and have a couple of bits replaced by Julian Gauthier and a couple of other bits replaced by Pavel Buchnevich, who might take that next step in his development and become a 30-goal scorer next season, then I don't think losing Kreider is going to be the end of the world. And maybe Gordon is uh, is... Maybe this is why Gordon made the trade. Maybe he's trying to transition into building a team that's structured differently because the team the last couple of years was structured around a few forwards and Kreider was one of them. Mm. And now with the addition of Artemi Panarin last summer, um, we have the luxury of, of transitioning into a new structure offensively where Kreider is no longer your number one guy on the left wing to is no longer your go-to guy on the left. It's now Panarin, and it gives you it gives you flexibility. So maybe with that in mind, Gordon made this trade. But uh, yeah, we'll see if Gauthier can actually make some noise in the NHL. Time will tell. It's time for trade talk. Yeah, the the thing with Chris Kreider is, I I'm not from every from from things I've read. It sounds like the Rangers are actually still trying to talk to him and trying to negotiate a deal. Um, I know me and you just discussed before the show started. You're still thinking that um, based on a trade that Boston made today, that they're actually the front runners, and I could not disagree more. So just fill fill everybody in on the trade that Boston made with Anaheim because that'll that'll be the the precursor. Yeah, so about 30 minutes ago, 30 minutes before we started recording, a trade was announced. Um, the Boston Bruins uh, acquired Andre Cache from the Anaheim Ducks. And in exchange, they sent David Backus, uh, defensive prospect Axel Anderson, and their first-round pick in 2020 to Anaheim. Um, I think this is a very lopsided trade. I think... Boston easily wins the trade. They basically replace Bacchus with Andre Cache, who, even though he's injury-prone, is not the $6 million anchor that David Bacchus was, who was, who was already playing in the AHL. Um, so they, they, they have freed up uh, $3.4 million uh, in salary with this deal, and they gave up a first-round pick, which, if... You know, if everything goes according to plan and they reach the final four, which I expect them to, that pick will be in the 28 to 31 range. So it's not going to be very valuable for a team like Boston. This is a team that has a 34-year-old Patrice Bergeron on the team, I think. Uh, Marchand is also in his 30s. Uh, Chara's 42. Uh, Rask is getting up there age-wise. Uh, they have Charlie Coyle, who's in his 30s, David Krejci. This is a team that is on the um, on the backside, on the at the end of a long, long run where they were contenders. They started back in, 10, in 2010, and they've been contenders for a decade. Um, I feel that the Boston Bruins want to extend that window by a year or two. Um, to give them one or two final shots at the cup while they still have 
guys like Bergeron and Marchand and Krejci, and maybe Zdeno Chara for another year next season at a lower cap hit, well, they still have those players on the team. And right after the trade, there were people saying, oh, the Boston Bruins are out, out. They're, they're no longer interested in Kreider because they just made this deal and they traded away their first round pick this year. And while that's all true, they did free up $3.4 million in, uh, in salary. And Chris Kreider, at 50% retained, is easily affordable for Boston for this season. And with that first round pick this season expected to be uh, the lower end of the first round anyway, I don't see a lot of difference between the value of this year's first round pick and next year's first round pick. So I, I, I honestly think that the Bruins are still going to make a trade. They still have the cap space. They have the assets. Whether that will be Chris Kreider or a winger like Cal Palmieri, I don't know. But I don't think they're necessarily out of the Kreider sweepstakes at this point. I think they're completely out of because they because they have they have nothing I want to begin with. Like I didn't even think they made good trading trading partners to begin with, and now when they don't have their their you know twenty twenty ten pick. Agreed. Yeah, I mean it's 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 going to be a, a a late first rounder, but. I would have want multiple. Like if I would have, if I was gonna do the, tri- the the pick with Boston, there is nothing in their prospect pool at all that I'm interested in. So I would want an abundance of picks. And now you're 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 taking away a pick that is, you know, in my opinion, at least something I would be one of the one of the things I'd want because it's a, you know, it's 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 uh it's it's this. I'm I'm not gonna want a twenty. 21 and then a 2022 i just i don't want to go that route I, I i wouldn't i don't think this makes any sense if i'm gordon now if gordon trades Kreider there there's gotta the only way he does it maybe there's a prospect there that he's you know googly eyed on that most people are not that's like, about the only. like ryan lindgren two years ago Maybe I don't know, but that doesn't. It just doesn't make any sense in that in in that aspect. I think that you know Chris Kreider opening up to the market where there's at least three or four teams that I can think of that could that could also use Chris Kreider that have an abundance of things that I would be interested in. Make more sense. Okay, um, I understand what you're saying, and I will counter with the following. Um, Jeff Gordon has always been a GM who likes to spread his assets, so to speak. Uh, In the past, he has made trades for players who are not necessarily 18 or 19, but he traded for players who are a little bit older. Because he once said in an interview that he wants to acquire players from different draft classes, so there's a better spread of the ages within the team, which makes you a contender for a longer period of time. First of all, of all, but also it may it may you give yourself some flexibility because you don't force yourself into a situation where you have five six players having to negotiate a new contract in the same summer. So with us already having a 2020 uh, first rounder of our own, it, it wouldn't be crazy if we acquire their first round pick from from, from next season. On top of that, you have to understand that Chris Kreider has a no-move clause and he can block a trade to 11 different teams. Um, As far as I know, the way it works is the player is requested to hand in his list the moment they want to trade him. It's not a situation where they have to make a list the moment they sign the contract and that list is valid for all years. 
So when Gordon is negotiating with teams this weekend, if I'm Chris Kreider, I'll, I'm talking to my agent and I'll go, okay, I, would re I really want to play for Boston. So which teams can I put on my no trade clause to sort of force that? You look at their cap situation. You look at if they're contenders, because teams like San Jose and New Jersey and LA and Detroit, they're not going to trade for Chris Kreider. So you don't have to put those on your no trade list. What if he puts Colorado on his no trade list because he wants to force his way to Boston? Uh, I don't know, man. I think in, you're really galaxy-braining this. Uh, listen, players are getting smarter. This isn't, 20, uh, this, this isn't 2012, 2013, where players are trying to figure out the CBA. Um, Charlie McAvoy is a good example. Charlie McAvoy signed a three-year deal last season with Boston. And that contract is structured in a way that he guarantees himself $7.1 million when his contract is over. The way it works is this. It's a three-year deal, and it's backloaded with only salary. There's no signing bonus in the final year. After those three years are over, McAvoy is 24. Boston has two options. They can give him a qualifying offer, or they don't. If they give him a qualifying offer, it has to match the base salary in year three, which is $7.1 million for one year. If they don't give him a qualifying offer, Charlie McAvoy walks into free agency. Players are getting smarter. Players are starting to figure out how the collective bargaining agreement works. They're, 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 they're trying, and, and agents are the same way. I feel that they're starting to understand how things work. They're getting, they're getting smarter. Players are are starting to ask for more signing bonuses because they're guaranteed in the in the event of a lockout. They are front-loading their contracts so they can put more money in the bank and collect interest. Players are getting smarter. And it wouldn't surprise me if Chris Kreider is looking at the situation and thinking, I'll just try to block a trade to the teams that I don't want to go to. I don't think he cares that much. Are you sure? Are you I'm, sure? I'm, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I would be... It's not like wherever he goes, he's going to be. He's 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 forced to sign. No, but if you if you can if you can force your way to Boston as a kid from Massachusetts, and Boston mm -hmm. at Boston is at the moment the best team in the NHL. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you go for that? I mean. Well, I'm not saying this is happening. I'm just saying that players are getting smarter and players are starting to figure things out. Um, it wouldn't you're, surprise you're, you're, me. I, I think I, I understand what you're saying, but I mean, like, there's so many variables you're throwing in there for 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 that for that to happen. And I just I just I don't know. The, at the end of the day, here's how I look at when it comes to Chris Kreider. At the end of the day, I look at the Chris Kreider sweepstakes or 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 his trade scenario as this is the only way that he gets moved to Boston is if they if the Boston Bruins have something that the Rangers absolutely desire. I mean, and I mean Jeff Gordon specifically, because I think most people look at that prospect pool and they're like, yeah, now you don't have a first round of this year. Yeah, it's like you're basically giving him away. You're 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 not you're going to tell me that you don't think Colorado can 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 offer a better package. I'm sure they can. They I'm absolutely just, can. You're not telling I, me St. Louis can offer a better package. They absolutely can. Uh, I think St. Louis is out because Tarasenko is back from injury, so they don't have the flexibility they had while he was on IR. Could Nashville offer a better package? Uh, Nashville, maybe. 
Um, are they willing to give up assets when they are not really contenders? That's a fair point. I mean, if you are a fringe playoff team, if you are fighting for a wildcard spot, are you going to give up a first-round pick and a prospect and maybe a roster player for a guy who's going to walk in July? Uh, On the off chance that he helps you win three rounds and you make it to the final where maybe if a puck bounces your way, you can win a cup? That's a lot of that's 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 a stretch. Okay, here, here here's one. Could the Islanders offer a better package? You know they could. The Islanders can offer a great package. Exactly. Um, but again, I mean, and it still comes it comes down to this every time. Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider has a listen. Chris Kreider has a limited no no trade clause. I understand that. I, I get that. That complicates things. It does, but I mean. The, the chances of him picking 10 teams that I don't want to deal with is, is kind of low. I don't know. That's, that's, it's 11, actually. He could pick 11 teams not to be traded to. 11. I mean, that's still, you know, 30% chance that, he's, that one of the teams I want to deal with is on his list. Yeah, I mean, it's possible, but I'm just saying that with with the the trend I've been seeing with how players negotiate their contracts, with how they are they are handling certain things, it wouldn't surprise me if a player is looking at the league in a way that they just exclude certain teams without putting them on their trade list. You're not going to put Detroit, you're not going to put the Detroit Red Wings or the New Jersey Devils or the LA Kings on your no trade list because you know they're not going to trade for you anyway. Yeah, I, I understand that. Uh, I, I'm not saying that he can't get traded to Boston. I, I just think it's I, I think it's like it's unlikely because there's nothing. I'll be honest; they have such a weak prospect pool. I would try to re-sign him myself and keep him. Well, I mean, there are some players that they have that 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 are interesting. Oh no, who? Uh, Pavel Shen is one that I'm that that would be interested in. You can do better than that, can't you? Well, you can do better, but um, are you really going to get a better package for a rental winger? I think so. I think so, with I think I think with Kreider's impact, yes. I, I I understand. We always use this word rental, but I do think that sometimes we, you know, the the impact can be can be huge. There are okay. certain teams where the impact can be massive. I think Colorado is a perfect example where. I don't. He. T- I think he turns them into like into the the best team in the in the, in the Western Conference. Okay. So, what is the package you expect from Colorado? <sighs> Do you think? I mean, I discussed this with my buddy. Uh, look, look, look. If you if you name a player that I think is unrealistic, I'm just gonna veto. I'm just gonna say veto. That's it. Okay. So so new hook is completely out of range. Veto. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I would ask for, I would ask for Martin Cout. Vito, they just ask. called him. Vito, they just called him up. They're not going to trade him. They, dude, they, they what are they? They're not going to trade anybody then? I don't. And you, you're, you're telling me, you're telling me that they they want to get Chris Kreider, but they want to give you a, their fifth best prospect. Look, personally, I don't really want Martin Cout anyway because his heart condition it has me a bit, you know. Eh, I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm I'm not confident in Martin Cout. He, uh, he hasn't really been setting the AHL on fire either. Um, and the fact that they just called him up, I, I, I don't see them trading a player that they are willing to call up. 
Let's put it that way. I don't know, man. Um, his his contract is his contract's perfect. It's light eligible. Um, he's he's exempt from. Uh, I think he's exempt from the expansion draft. Hold on, let me check. Um, no, he's not expansion draft exempt. Huh? That might change things. All right. Okay. Let's just assume they add Cout to the package. What else? Um, I'd want a first this year. Okay, first round pick and Cout. Yeah. And a first next year. Uh, two first round picks. Yes. And Martin Cout. Oof. Yes. Um, I could see them give us a second rounder in 2021 conditional, which will become a first round pick if they sign him to an extension. Mm, no, I want that. I want those two. I want both firsts. I don't think you're going to get two first round picks for Chris Kreider. You're going to get either a first round pick on Martin Cout or the two first round picks. That's or if, I, if you're going to give me a second, you're going to give me a second this year. Uh, they don't have their second round pick this year. They don't. Okay. Oh. What if you give me what if you give me a first next year but it's it's lottery protected? Sure. Okay. So it'll take technically it'll just be like a late first next year. Yeah, you can you can lottery protect it or you can top ten protect it like Carolina did. I I I I'd be willing to lottery protect it. So fifteen spots. Okay. So I want I, I want to pick next year from somewhere between sixteen and thirty. It's fine. Yeah, I still there. Look, look, Martin Kaut was a first round pick. So, for the sake of argument, let's consider him a first round pick. You're not going to get three first round picks for Chris Kreider. I mean, uh, from 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 everything I've heard from some experts, is that the going rate's going to be two first on a quality and a quality uh, prospect. Yeah. I just I, I don't think Martin Kaut's going to be the prospect if you're going to get two first rounders. That's that's how I see it. Bowen okay. Byron, Byron is definitely not available. No, I, I know Byron. I know Byron is not available. I understand that, and uh, I know it's a pipe dream to ask for Newark. I understand that. Yeah, I know that. Right. I don't think Martin Kaut's an unreasonable ask. It's not unreasonable. He's a quality prospect. And he's not your best prospect. So, so first, first round pick on Martin Kaut. I'd want a little bit more, but I think I think that's where Colorado would probably be. But I would ask for another another high high pick on top of that, and that's okay. probably where the negotiation would kind of go. You know who the GM is in Colorado, right? I know. I and he, if it was up to him, he he'd want Chris Kreider for a fifth round pick. Yeah. He doesn't. He, he, has, he doesn't like trading anything. I mean, he's the only he, only. he only makes deals unless he absolutely destroys somebody. He doesn't even like fair deals. Yeah. However bad Colorado is at drafting, they sure make up for it in negotiating trades. That is true. I agree with that. I'm telling you, worst drafting, worst drafting team in the NHL the last decade. So let's so okay so let's go let's go back to Chris Kreider then. So you're thinking that Boston is 100% 100% in on Chris Kreider and they still I, are. I I think they're still in on Chris Kreider. I don't think trading I don't think the Bacchus Kashe trade takes them out of the running. Okay. If anything there, 
If anything, it makes it more likely for them to go after Kreider because they have more salary to play with. Sure, the assets we can we can we can talk about. We we can discuss that to to no yeah. end. But before the trade, Boston didn't have the cap space to realistically add Chris Kreider. Now they do. And people can say no, they don't have any assets. They do have assets. You know what? Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question then. Are there any other teams you could see being available for Chris Kreider? Um. Well, we mentioned the Islanders. We mentioned the Colorado Avalanche. We mentioned mentioned the Boston Bruins. I think the Dallas Stars could be interested. I mean, they're also on the back end of a window that's closing that's closing fast. They have Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan and, and Radulov. That top line's amazing. They have good defense. Their goaltending is adequate. Okay. Um, I think Dallas could be could be a, a target. I think Calgary. I could see, Calgary actually makes some sense. Calgary, I mean, Calgary would be the perfect candidate to, to trade Kreider and a goalie to. Yeah, that actually makes a ton of sense. Kreider and Georgiev, too. I don't, I don't think Georgiev is going to get traded, and I might look like an idiot saying this, but if you're going to trade Georgiev and Kreider to one team, then Calgary makes a lot of sense. I mean, they have Cam Talbot and David Riddick. Yes, that, that 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 is horrendous. And they want to go into the playoffs with that in that? No. And I mean, they 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 definitely can use Kreider. Um. Yeah, I mean, how how much is is Calgary willing to uh, to give up for a guy like Kreider? They have a first round pick. They have a prospect that I'm personally very interested in. Um, Six-round pick from a few years ago, plays in college. Emilio, uh, Matthias Emilio Peterson. Ever heard of that? Him? Yeah, yeah. Plays for the University of Denver. Um, and my personal favorite, if we're going to acquire a player from Calgary... It has to be Manjiapane. And I'll explain to you why. Yeah, please do. His name in Italian means eat bread. Oh. Dude, that player needs to be on a line with Panarin and Kako, who's, who's, who has a gluten allergy. Come on. Ugh, all right. <laughs> that, that line has to happen. Come on. Mangiapane and Breadman together with a guy who uh, who cannot have gluten. That's that's yeah, a story that'll write itself. I tweeted about it, I think yesterday or the day before. But he scored a hat trick. Um, no, but they they just you know, all kidding aside. They have the assets that that could make it work. They have some good prospects. They have a first round pick. They could definitely use Georgiev. They can definitely use Kreider. But again, with Kreider, that no trade clause is an obstacle. What do you think? What do you think about um, some of these? Uh, some of the rumors. I mean, they are they are they are just rumors. Um, mm -hmm. Is that Goudreau is kind of unhappy there? Uh, I, I don't. I, look, I, I'm going to. 
shoot that down immediately. Um, there were some rumors yesterday that he may want to leave the Calgary Flames because he removed the Calgary Flames out of his Twitter bio. But that was on the day of the 40th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice, and he changed his cover photo to a picture of Team USA at the World Juniors when he won the gold medal. Mm. And he changed it back the next day. Right. So that's that's well, there, go, there, there goes that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So then let's let's move on. I mean, I, I think there's another team out there circling back to Kreider for a second that could and we've talked about it for a brief second is the Islanders. Now yeah. I know I, I know half I know more than half of this audience would rather never not trade with the Islanders because they're the Islanders. Which um, no, no, no. But it's reality, dude. I know. I know. I know. But all I'm saying is this: trade him to the team that offers you the best package. That's it. That's not how Ranger fans want to act. They want to I act know. like that's what it is. But that's how that's how you should act. We traded Grab. We traded Grabner to the Devils because they offered us a second round pick and a defensive. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is I actually think that the Islanders could probably offer the best package for Kreider. I mean, they are desperate for some playoff success. Yeah, dude, they're, des- they're desperate to be relevant at all. And they know, you know they're going to make the playoffs, but they're going to eke in, and they're going to have absolutely no fucking firepower. So what were you thinking? Could we give them a window to negotiate a contract with Kreider? If that gives us a better package, sure. It will. I'm pretty sure that Jeff Gordon will will allow that to happen because I feel that Gordon has offered him has offered Chris Kreider the maximum he wants to put on the table, and there's no extension yet, which means Kreider wants something else, either more years or more money. I don't think an extension is going to happen this weekend. So yeah, if if you can if you can get a better return by having them negotiate with Kreider, why not? Okay, what about what if I ask for Kiefer Bellows? Yes, this year this year's first. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to get the extension done, I want Oliver Wallstrom too. Oliver Wallstrom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not, they're not going to give us. They're not going to give us Noah Dobson. I can tell you that. I don't know about Wallstrom, man. Do no. Nah. I, I will check. He's def, He's definitely falling off the radar on for, for them a little bit. Like I don't think they're as happy with with him as they they as they um. What's the word I'm looking for? They're not as happy with him as they could be. Um, I think they've definitely some of the. You know, some of it, I don't know what the right word is, but some of the um, the gold has, like, come off on him a little bit. Yeah. But he's a decent enough prospect that I feel like he can be added to a Bellows package. Where yeah. I, I, I'm taking a gamble on him. And I and I, I think that's a decent gamble to take. A, I mean, I'm looking, I'm thinking of everyone else. I mean, who else would I ask for? Because they're not giving us Noah Dobson. We have our goalie, so there goes that. 
Um, so it's like, what else could I possibly ask for in their system? You know, uh, carpenter. Would they listen? Bobo Carpenter played under David Quinn in Boston. Yeah, I, I, but I don't, I don't, I don't like playing those games. Like, oh, someone played. No, but I'm, no, I'm, I'm just saying the connections there. So in a negotiation with the Islanders, that that name's going to come up. Nah, I don't. I, I'd, I'd rather have Wallstrom, honestly. He has, but, he has a higher ceiling. This is an organization that drafted the son of one of their scouts. But this is so stupid. You, you, don't, you don't pick players because they've had a connection or stuff. You pick players. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Look, I'm not, I'm not trying to say what I want. I'm trying to say what I would think in a scenario like this. I think Carpenter is going to be mentioned. Oh, that's so dumb, dude. Well, what's also dumb is giving Kreider $7 million for seven years. But one team is going to do it. Ah. <sighs> Look, dumb trades and dumb deals and dumb decisions happen in the NHL all the time. That's why Peter Chiarelli was a general manager for years. Yeah, I guess so. Because dumb decisions don't have any repercussions. There's, well, you know, after about 15 years of them, yes. I mean, what else do they have? Hosang? I mean, I I actually like Hosang, but I mean, that's not who I've been asking for. No. Uh, Bodie Wild, but do we need another defensive prospect? No, we don't. We don't. The only one I would want is you know, and he's definitely off off the radar, off the list is probably Noah Dobson. Yeah, but Dobson, yeah, he's there, probably he's going to be there. He's going to be their one their one player. They're not going to want to deal. I know, that, he, and that's fine. He, he's already played thirty games for them this season. He's he's on their team. They're not going to get rid of him. No, no, he's going to be a staple for their team. But I think if they if they want some firepower like Kreider, they're gonna have to give us Keeper Bellows, and I'm gonna ask for another forward because I want to bolster up my forward prospects. So I would probably ask for Wallstrom. Yeah, I guess it's a buy low candidate. I don't I don't see the appeal, but well, I mean, I'm I'm buying low because I'm thinking that you know maybe maybe we get something out of him. I mean, I don't think he's gonna be a star player, but if we get someone that can just be effective on the power play and score twenty something goals, maybe. Mm. Oh, what I forgot, by the way, Andre Cache is on IR. Is what? Andre Cache is on injured reserve, which, I mean, huh. I, you know, I keep coming back to this Boston Crider scenario. No, dude, I still don't think that makes a difference. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they well, don't have anything I want. I just, I just the more I think about it, I just there's, I there's, I would rather, I hate saying it, I would rather almost give Kreider fucking seven, seven years. I don't, I don't want anything from Boston that they're going to give me. Is Nothing. there any, is there any other potential destination you see for Kreider? Um, well, we talked about, we talked about Colorado, which I think makes the most sense because they can afford him. They also have a prospect pool that I'm interested in, and they have plenty of picks that I can, I can take. So they make sense. The other destination that actually makes the most sense, but Ranger fans don't want to hear it, is the Islanders because they got they got pro- they got forward prospects. I would drool for and I would take, and they got tons of picks, and they're desperate enough to do it. So they make sense. Um, do I think St. Louis makes some sense? Maybe. You know, do they want to try to you know really bolster that team and try to win back to back? 
about how about the Carolina Hurricanes? Who would? Hmm, I'm actually interested in that one. Could they afford him? Do they have enough? They have enough cap space. Um, their deadline cap space is five point five million, so they can fit him under the cap. It's it's prorated cap space. So what you do is you get, you take the four point six mil. Is it four point six million cap hit for Kreider? I think so. You take the four point six million cap hit. You divide it by one hundred and eighty days in the season. And then you multiply it by the days left. That's the that's the the cap hit for the remainder of the season. Okay. Carolina can fit him under the cap. Okay. I mean, you could say it would be weird to trade with the same team twice in the span of a few days, but two years ago we did it with Boston. We, no, I don't. I don't think that. I, to me, that that that's not really an issue, actually. They have some very interesting prospects. They have a lot of good prospects. Dominic Bock, who they got from the St. Louis Blues, that I'm a big fan of. Oh, I would love Bock. Uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> drooling about that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I would take Bock in a heartbeat. Yep. Would you do Kreider for Bock straight up? I'd want more, but he's definitely the the, the he's the he's the he's the um He's definitely the crowning jewel of that package for me. Hey, and and you know what? What about? I mean, do they? Do they? Don't they? Do they have? Do they have? Um, do they have Honka. Honka. Yeah. Which one? There's two. Um. The shoot. The. Uh... You mean Julius Honka or the younger brother Anthony? Who? No, no, no. The young, the younger one. The younger guy, the younger. Yeah, guy. yeah. Um, they drafted him in the third round, I think, last year. Okay. I mean, he's. I mean, I, I know we have a lot of defensive prospects, but but you know, we just gave them Joey Keane. So do we really need more defensemen? Sometimes I'm like, eh, I don't know. If we're going for an unsigned prospect from Finland, I would prefer Puistola, to be honest. He's unsigned. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. Also, I think second or third, definitely second day draft pick because I ran into him at day two in in Vancouver. Um, plays plays in Liga still in Finland. So, yeah, I mean they got they definitely have some uh, some interesting interesting kids that I'd be I'd be all about. But the Bach one, oof, man, that really that 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 get, that hits me in all types of ways. Yeah, and and you know. It would be the third time in 12 months that we would trade with Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Because we also acquired, of course, Adam Fox from them. Yeah. I did not think about that. What about um, looking at their prospect pool? Ooh, let's see. Ooh, oh, there's, um, what about Nick Suzuki's brother? Uh, Ryan? Yeah. Ryan Suzuki? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, no. He's a center. We don't have any centers. Um, I mean, slide eligible. Um, expansion draft exempt. That's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, go he's, 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 he's got some good hands. I mean, like, he, he's someone that'd be interested in seeing whether they would move him. I mean, like, they, like I, I'll say this. Carolina definitely has some has a prospect pool that I'd be more interested in than other than other teams. Yeah, and this is this is a prospect pool that that has won the Calder Cup last year. It is an organization where Julian Gauthier doesn't even have a chance to crack the lineup. That's so crazy. Um, they have on their team they have Sebastian A, who's twenty two, Terra Vinen, who's twenty five, Nita Ryder twenty seven, Zingle twenty seven. Uh, Eric Haula, 28, Natchez, 21, Svechnikov, 19, Warren Fogel, 23, who, by the way, is one of my favorite players in the league because his last name is pronounced the same way as my last name. Um, they have a lot of young forwards. So if there is one team that could actually, well, there's another team, the LA Kings, who can afford to afford a forward prospect, but they're not a contender. But if there's one team that's a contender and that has the forward prospects to trade away for Kreider, it's probably Carolina. And they have James Reimer and Peter Morazek in goal. I mean, it's like the Calgary Flames. They're another possible destination that could use a goalie. So maybe we can make it a, uh, make it a double trade. Yeah. I mean, the more I think about Carolina as a, in terms of like what they, what I would want from them, it just that makes a lot of sense. I mean, they they have, they're a team that, that has stuff that I would want. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think at the end of the day, when we're talking about trading Chris Kreider, it's you know we always we always keep talking about what team is interested in. We we, know, we also think about what what team is a what team are we interested in as well? Like it's 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 a two way street on on a trade. You know what I mean? Like you also got to make sure that it, it's a it's a team that has a a, a prospect pool that you're somewhat interested in just because they're like oh i can use this guy doesn't mean it's like oh well, i'm gonna give you like i'm gonna give you my prospect here who really is kind of shit because i have no prospect pool and you're gonna be like happy with it no i don't know this works um the only other team i can think of is columbus no they make no sense though because here's the thing though like columbus just doesn't make any like at least Carolina. I can make an argument for of uh, uh, for for Kreider there. I can't make an argument for Kreider in in uh, in Columbus. Why? Because they they might eke into the playoffs. Eh. Carolina will be in the playoffs. And yeah, I mean, Kreider, Kreider will make a difference there. I'm just trying to think of other teams because I don't think Washington or Pittsburgh have. Let the resources to add him to the team. No, they don't. And, don't... and, and what's funny is I'm put, I'm putting, and you, the only thing me and you disagree on is I'm putting Boston in that same plethora that I'm putting Washington and Pittsburgh as teams that want him but just don't have the resources for him. Mm-hmm. Like there's just nothing there I want. The only team that I go, eh, yeah, I'll deal with you, and that's got to be the right deal is Colorado. Because obviously the Islanders are out because I just think that that's never going to happen, even though it makes the most sense. And, you know, St. Louis is kind of drifting back into the no category. So although Calgary does make some sense, but we not sure that they're I don't know where they stand on a lot of things, although they could use him and and, and, and Georgiev. And they, you know what? They could use him, Georgiev, and, and probably even some some help on defense, too. 
Yeah, I mean, who, what, what defenseman do we have that they they would be interested in that we want to get rid of? Well, I, I when we say trade, I don't want to get rid of somebody. I would be saying I would offer this player to you for something substantial, and that would be like maybe either one of our high end, one of our higher defensive prospects. Maybe Brady Shea, maybe Tony D'Angelo, but it's got to be the right deal where I'm getting something of high value in return. Yeah, I think defensively the Calgary Flames are are set for the next couple of years. They have some good prospects in the pipeline. I don't, but Kreider, Kreider is Kreider would be a good fit. They can use Georgiev, assuming we trade Georgiev, which honestly I don't know. I don't know what's going on with our goalie situation. We'll probably dive into that in a few minutes. But, yeah, Calgary, Carolina. For me, Boston is still a candidate. For you, they aren't. Um, and Colorado. Probably the the teams that are most likely to acquire him then. Yeah. All right, so let's get into Let's talk about some other players because I think, I think we've exhausted Chris Kreider a bit. You know, we'll, we'll just see on, on by Monday where he's going to go. But let's just all give a prediction. I, I'm, my gut actually says right now the Rangers keep Kreider. Some weird reason I think they keep him. Nah, I think it's going to be Boston. Okay, you say Boston, I say keep him. Okay, but, um, and just, we're gonna I, we're I, gonna be we're both gonna be wrong, and they're gonna try it into Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, right. I, you know what? I actually hope we're both wrong because I don't like either scenario. Yeah, but I hope we are both wrong. Anyways, All right. next up. So do you? Uh, so so other guys, other Ranger players that have been in the talks about possibly getting traded. One of them is Jesper Foss. Do you think he's going to get traded? Yes. Okay, where is he going? Um, that is a really good question. And I was actually going to ask you that question, hoping you had an answer, because with Jesper Foss, I have no idea. He's so versatile. He could go anywhere. That, he, that was actually going to be my suggestion, is I could think of 30 teams they could use I could, yeah, because even a team that doesn't make the playoffs can, can go, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a, a, a late second round pick for him. And it gives us three months to negotiate a contract with him because we want to have him for the, for the next four years. Right. Um, I don't know. What team could use him? He's not going to be cheap. So I guess the teams at the top of the, uh, the salary tree are out. Um, but I think a team like Nashville would be a really good fit for him. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. Matter of fact, Boston could really use him. Uh, um, he would definitely be a good addition to their bottom six. Yeah. Because their bottom six is already good. Now you add a versatile player like that. Yeah. And adding a player like that for a playoff run, that's... Uh... Adding depth is, is is what you need the most as a contender at the deadline. Because just, as, as as much as people like to say that, you know, the best team has the best chance of winning the cup, no. The team that has the best chance of winning the cup every year is the team that ends up with the fewest injuries. Yeah. What about um, – what's Tampa Bay's cap situation? How bad is it? Um, Tampa Bay's cap situation is not that bad. They added Blake Coleman, of course, uh, for a for Vancouver's first round pick, and Nolan Foot, I think, or was it the other one? I don't know. Um, there's 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 two feet, so so to speak. Um, they they 
They traded the one that they drafted last year. I think that's Nolan. Do they have enough? They have enough cap space to afford uh, to afford Jesper Fast. Yes, they have enough cap space to afford Chris Kreider and Jesper Fast. To be honest. Well, I don't think they're going to get Chris Kreider, but I do think Jesper Foss makes some sense for them. Their deadline cap space is seven point two million. Oh wow! So they got plenty. Pro, they can, so they 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 can afford Jesper Foss. I mean, that Tampa Bay is a team that actually makes some sense because they got a lot of firepower, and if they can, you know, lengthen up that lineup a little bit, yeah, why not? Why not? I mean, go for the you know, go for the kill, go big or go home kind of mentality. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, a second round pick for Jesper Foss is, I think that that would actually be good value for him. Yeah, I mean, I would try to get a little bit more than a, than a second-round pick, but I think that's fair. I would try to get an additional pick if I can. I don't know if that's possible. Um, yeah, maybe like a second in 2020 and a fourth in 2021 that turns into a third if they sign him to an extension. Something like that, you know, where I get a little bit extra because of, you know, the fact that you can keep him for a long period of time. You know what I mean? You can you can re-sign him. So there's some ver- there's some you're not just getting him for this this run. You're getting him for the future too a little bit. So I'd like a little extra if I can get. It. Yeah. Um I think they make some sense. Um I think some of the yeah, you know, a, te- a team that could actually use him is uh like a team like Vegas could probably use him too. Um yeah, I mean they they Vegas which nobody ever expected is basically going to be a contender for their first three seasons. Yeah. Uh, I'm still shocked that they fired their head coach when they were <laughs> like three points out of the the lead for the division, but whatever. I mean, yeah. I think they, they, make, they, they make some sense if you're thinking about, you know, um, if you think about it in terms of... Uh, they're, they're a team that's. I mean, they're they're a playoff team. You could put. I mean, him on that bottom six would be really nice. That's why it's hard to like pinpoint. So I'm like, oh, where's he gonna go? I'm like, well, anywhere. <laughs> like he really can go anywhere. So I think he's gonna be. But you're. But I think we're both on the same page that I think there's a nine. I think there's a ninety nine percent chance he's traded. What I, I mean, how high do you rank it? You think it's a. You think it's. You think there's any chance that he doesn't get traded? Now, if, if, if I have to choose one player between Kreider and Fast who's going to be traded, it's Fast. I, w- I would tend to agree with that, too. I would tend to agree with that. Because with Kreider, there's, there's actually talk about him signing a new contract. And yes, for Fast, there's literally nothing. Yeah. Not even, not even a blip on the radar about him signing an extension. Yeah. Which... I, on the one hand, I understand because you don't want to pay too much for your bottom six forwards. But on the other hand, this is a player who was, I mean, he won the player, the players player of the year award, like three, four years in a row now. He is one of the leaders on this team, but it it just, it's, it's just, Another example of Jeff Gordon looking at the bigger picture and not looking at individuals. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with you on that. Um, all right, so let's look at some other players. So I, I know that a hot topic has been our, our goalie situation, and this is probably the one that we're going to focus the, the rest of the podcast on. Do you, do you think that Georgiev gets traded? Uh, there are days where I wake up and I think yes, and then there are days where I wake up and I think no. If okay, what do you one, what do you think today? <laughs> today I think no. Okay. 
This, it, this is this is one of those players where it it can really go either way. This is the only situation that really is 50-50. Because if you think about it, on the one hand, yes, you trade him because this is the best opportunity to get good value for him. This trade deadline is the moment where his value is going to be the highest it'll ever be. The thing with Georgiev is if they really want to trade him, which this is the time to get the value for it, why isn't he playing? Why isn't he being showcased, as some people might, uh, would say? That's a good point. On the other hand, are they not trading? Of course, Shesh Jorkin is having a good season with seven wins out of eight games uh, and a 9.39 save percentage. Can we take a second to appreciate that, please? Yeah, I know it's only. That's just, that's just ridiculous. I know it's only eight games, but. His lowest save percentage in the last six, seven years is in the AHL. That's that's I think that's only nine three seven. That's insane. Yeah. So of course, of course, just Jorkin is playing. I get it. Um, and then Lundqvist is always the backup or the goalie. Lundqvist is never the the guy in the in the, um, in the press box. Right. So I don't know. Maybe tomorrow I'll wake up and I think, yeah, they're going to trade him. Well, Hank is scratched tonight. Is he? Yeah. He's not the backup. He is not the backup. He's a scratch. Oh, wow. You know what? That might change the way I think about the situation then. Because... Just something was, to think about. He's the he's the actual scratch tonight. Like he is not. I was fifty fifty about Georgiev being traded. Now I don't think he's going to get traded. So you think Georgiev stays? I think George. Yeah, I, look, it's just it's a gut feeling, but I think Georgiev stays, and I think Lundqvist is going to be gone in the summer. Then. Really. And there's there are three scenarios. Um. He retires, he gets bought out, or he gets traded. If you hear that in the background, that's actually my dog. And she's, she's actually dreaming right now. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, I've, I, we've had a podcast with Drew where his, uh, where his, his baby was, was making noise in the background. Yeah. I, I, I'm looking at her right now, and she's like, you know, like, you know how when um, you look at it, you look at it, um, you know when someone's in REM sleep, how their eyes are kind of twitchy? Yeah. Yeah, so her eyes are twitchy, and now she's dreaming, and she's just like woofling, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, she woke up from her dream. Oh. Um, yeah, so sorry yeah. to interrupt, interrupt the podcast, but yeah. She's That's all right. Anyways, so, um, so yes, yeah, so you're, you're, you're definitely more – I mean, that may, so you're more now the – because of that, they're looking to keep them. I thought that Lundqvist was – it has nothing to do with Georgiev himself, but I thought Lundqvist was staying for another year. He was always the guy who was either playing or the backup. You know, that, that was the respect he got, the reward he got for all his years of service, so to speak. Now, do you think, do you think then – let me ask you this question. Do you think then, then Hank is gone? 
Meaning, do you think he's actually going to waive his no trade class and go go somewhere? Um, we're not going to go into the new season with three goalies. Agreed. You would think not, but I mean, um, Shostakovich is not being sent down to Hartford. We agree. We agree. Georgiev is not going to be sent down because he has to pass through waivers, so that's not happening. Or you trade him. Yes. So the scenarios are either Georgiev is traded or Lundqvist is no longer on the team. And we have a general manager who's not afraid to make the tough decisions. This is a general manager who traded away Matt Zuccarello, who has traded away Ryan McDonough, who has talk, spoken to Lundqvist two years ago about the possibility of waiving his no-move clause when the letter was sent. This is a general manager who's who doesn't really... How do I say this without sounding rude? He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't pick players over the team. Yeah, I would agree with that. He doesn't. If this was Glenn Sather, then Lundqvist is going to get an extension for another four years. <laughs> let's, put I, it, I, let's put it this way. I tend to agree with you on that. Glenn Sather is the is, Jeff Gordon is the type of person that I would trust doing my taxes. No, I know, and, and Glenn and, Sather's the kind of guy where he's just going to be very good to the to the old guard. The way Glenn Sather is the kind of guy who I don't even trust to break my ten dollar bill into two fives. <laughs> Jeez. No, I mean this this it's, it's all sentiment. It's all sentimental with with Glenn Sather, and yes, course, it is. It is. It is. It is definitely sentimental. I agree. Because if, if in this scenario, I would give ten dollars to Glenn Sather and ask him to change it for two for two five dollar bills. And he would come back and give me $8 because he saw a homeless guy and he gave him $2 <laughs> of my money. What Jeff Gordon is, is, is a general manager who, who understands how to build a team. He's done it in Boston. So, so, you're, so let's, let's sort of recap. Kreider's going to Boston. Jesper Faust is going somewhere. And you're Nashville. Sure that. I'm going to say Nashville. Nashville. And you're going to say that neither Georgiev or Lundqvist are moved now, correct? I think we're going to finish the season with three goalies unless Lundqvist waives his no-move clause. Okay. If he waives his no-move clause, where does he go? Colorado? Ugh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I like that one. Grubauer is out indefinitely. Is, is it? Is he 100%? Yep. That makes it interesting. Um, that makes it very interesting, actually. Can you imagine being a goalie and, and having Kale McCarr in front of you and Nathan McKinnon and Mikko Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog? And no, you know what? That, 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 Let's that, throw that, Chris Kreider in there, too. That team is fucking loaded. Yeah. I mean, they got, they got an insane amount of fucking offensive firepower. I mean, if, if do they not, do they do they make it to the do they make it to the finals? In the West, anything's yes. possible. Man. In the West, any any team can make the conference final. The Western Conference is a toss up. I think they're the best team in the Western Conference. I mean, aside from St. Louis. 
Yeah, but they could easily lose to any team in the Western Conference, too. Maybe. I just, I mean, like, I think they beat most of the teams out there. Cause I think St. Louis would give them a tough, a tough run. But I think other than that, they're better than all the other teams. I think St. Louis is the best team in the West, yes. And not just because well, and not well, because I'm saying, I'm saying it's basically St. Louis and Colorado. I mean, that those, those two teams are the cream of the crop in the Western Conference. Yeah. So whoever, whichever team out of those two makes it to the conference final will play the um, the the best team out of the West, out of the Pacific Division. Which it doesn't even matter because that's not that that's not that great. That's going to be Calgary or Vancouver or Vegas. Or, or Vegas, yeah. Yeah. And I or, think you could, or, or Edmonton. I would love to see Edmonton back in the playoffs because I, I, I want to see Conor McDavid back in the playoffs. But, yeah, I mean, if, if Lundqvist waives his no-move clause, and I don't think he will, but if he does, there are teams that could use a goalie going into the playoffs. Oh, there are plenty. I mean, Carolina could use them. Calgary could use them. Calgary could use them. Colorado, as we just discussed. Um, who else could use them? Fucking Toronto could could use them. Can you can, can you imagine Colorado acquiring Henrik Lundqvist, and then the Western Conference Final is Vegas against Colorado with Fleury and Lundqvist in net? That would be pretty cool. I mean, wherever Lundqvist goes, man, I'm, I'm throwing on the hat of that team the whole playoff run. Look, it, it could be Ray Bork all, all, all over again if he goes to Colorado. How cool would that be? That would be very cool. I would, I would love that. I would love that. So are there any other players that we're missing that you think is still on that radar? I mean, are we still no. – are, are, we, are we convinced that um, Buchnevich and Tony D'Angelo are not getting traded? Bushnevich is not going anywhere. D'Angelo is not going anywhere. Ryan, Ryan Strom is not going anywhere. Um, and I, I just want to say one thing about Ryan Strom. Maybe I've mentioned it already, but there are people who say that Ryan Strom is a product of Artemi Panarin. And yes, he is. Let's, let's, let's not sugarcoat it. He is. But that doesn't mean that we can just trade him and replace him with whoever we want. Because in my opinion, and here's my explanation... Even if Strom is a product of Artemi Panarin, it gives us the flexibility to have Mika Zibanejad centering the second line. Yes, Ryan Strom is a product of Panarin and they have a lot of chemistry, but if you can sign him for a relatively low cap hit and get the production out of him that you're getting right now, which is 50, 60 points, I don't see a problem with that. I'll go the other way. Could you imagine having him as your third line center? Sure, but where are we going to find a second line center? Well, I mean, that's part of this development process and part of the offseason. But if you can find some of the slot in between Zibanejad and Strom, that just lengthens out that team and makes you much, much better. Sure, but because I think I think I think Strom is your ideal third line center. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's talented enough that he could slot up to the top six if he needed, but he's a killer on the bottom six. Yeah. But until then, you have him play with Panarin and put up 50, 60 points for $6 million a year. That's good value for a 26-year-old. Uh, you know, the more I think about it, I'm not against keeping Strom. I'm really not. 
And I used to be very against it. I'm not, I'm not against it. It's just, I want to make that, I want to make that, I want to make it financially feasible because we're going to have to pay a lot of guys down the road. So I want to make sure that we were smart about it. You know what I mean? I don't want to, I don't want to hamstring us when we have to pay, you know, Tony D'Angelo down the road, when we have to pay Mika Zibanej at his second contract, when we're going to have to pay, you know, all of our defensive props, we're going to have to pay these, these, all these kids we've drafted. Like I want to make sure that we have enough cap space for those guys. So that's why I want to hamstring us. Yeah. But, I do think that I like I, I, I like Strom. You know, I mean, I, I'm not against keeping him. I just want to make sure I don't want to overpay for him. And it's the same thing with Chris Kreider. I mean, like I think sometimes people think that we that I, I like getting rid of players because I don't like them. I just don't like them at certain value. Meaning, if Chris Kreider were to turn around today and say, "Hey, listen, uh, right now six and a quarter for six years, done." Like, how fast do I sign that? Yeah, it's it's either it's either below six point five for six years, or max four years for seven million for me i'd rather give the extra year i don't know um you you mentioned d'angelo i quickly want to mention him talk about him before we before we wrap this up i'm not in favor of trading d'angelo let me be perfectly clear but at the same time nobody is untouchable for me if we're trading d'angelo uh, and assuming we do it because we have some right-handed defenseman, you know, coming up and we are comfortable that that guy can replace him or at least play on the third pairing. If we trade D'Angelo, I don't want it to be a quality for quantity trade. I want it to be a one-for-one trade where we improve in other areas, where we trade him for a second-line center or winger with the upside. The type of player that is 22, 23, maybe 24 years old um, needs an extension coming off their entry-level contract in a year or two uh, and has the upside to become a 60, 70-point player. It has to be a trade that hurts the other team as much as it hurts us. I, because- I, completely, agree. I completely agree. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll, I'll go one even further. Um, I, I want to keep Tony D'Angelo. I like him a lot. Um, matter of fact, he's, he's in, he's in my plan to, to keep long-term on this team. Um, but the thing is, is the one thing I will say is he's got incredible value, like incredible. You can actually rob a team for him. And the, 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 the type of player that I would look for and the type of player that I would ask for is, and I'm not talking about these specific players, but to, to give you an idea of the range I'm looking at in return for to D'Angelo, a guy like. Travis Konechny. Or I would um, to, honestly, I, Travis Konechny is not even good enough. Or Rupert Hintz in Dallas, a second line center. Maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. That makes like, maybe, maybe. Um, maybe I don't know if he's still. If I haven't really uh, followed him this season, but a guy like Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor's great. He's uh, not a bad he, – he, that is not – like, I would want more than Kyle Connor, but, like, that's a start. But it has – to me, it has to be a one-for-one one trade. No, uh, I, I don't think I could do it for a one-for-one. One. I'd have to probably bundle it. Why? No, no, no. I, if, if, no, no. I'm, no, I'm just going to say what I said. If I'm trading D'Angelo, I want it to be a Jones-Johansson type deal. Oh, a I see. So you, you, want, you want a straight-up hockey trade. I want a straight-up hockey trade where both teams are trading from a position of strength to address a weakness. 
who's got a top six forward they can give us for, for a top four defenseman? Carolina, uh, they they have enough defensemen though. I would, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think they would need defensemen, but Teravainen would be would be an option for me. Yeah. Now, now that's something that I mean, if they if they're, if they're willing to give us Teravainen for, yeah. for for D'Angelo, now that's yeah. that that makes some sense in the way I go. Okay, I have to think about that. And I that type of player. Play. Yeah, I pulled the trigger on that because that makes sense for me. That, 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 that's that's that, that, and that's kind of what I'm saying. And, and and to be completely honest, like. Like, that's just, like, a huge compliment to Tony D'Angelo, where I turn around and say, listen, the only way I'm fucking dealing you is if I'm getting a top six elite scorer. Then, then, then you're available. Other than that, people can go fuck themselves. Yeah. But, but, that, but that's, a, that's, a, that's a good problem to have. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, like, um, you know, like, when, when I think about, like, where I would send him, it's got to be a team that has, um, you know, that has um, forwards that they would want to give up. You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know, Larkin? Ooh, I like that one. I really like that one. I really like that one. Do you think Vancouver might be interested in adding some some defense for offense? Possibly. What about, what about, what about, what about Trocek? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not trading D'Angelo for Trocek, man. No, no. Trocek, to me, is a player that, that should be traded for a guy like Brady Shea. No, I'm talking about, like, that's like that's a player that you... Oh, that's right, because you, you don't want to do a hockey... I was thinking something like Trocek plus, like, you know, a prospect or something. Because you want no, to no, no. a hockey trade. Look, Trocek had one good season. Trojic had one season where he hit 75 points, and I think he has 70 points in the last two seasons combined. Yeah, it's not enough. Um, who could use him? Does, do the Kings have any young, young forwards you'd, you'd want? No, but, but I mean, the Capitals have Jacob Rana. Um, yeah, but they, I don't think... He's not a like. I think. I, I think that that. I, I don't think the Capitals make much sense. You know who makes. You know. You know who actually makes a ton of fucking sense, and we, and he would thrive really well there is Toronto. Okay. He would do very well with Toronto. Like matter of fact, that that'd be a viable destination for him. So you, you, reuni- reuni- you're reuniting him with uh, with Sheldon Keefe. He's playing that, you know, that high pace intensity, like go, go, go style. Like I think that works. All right. So are we trading him for Marner or Nylander? <laughs> well, give me, dude, didn't I tell you years, like, uh, not years ago. Didn't I tell you months ago I would have done Nylander for, for D'Angelo? Yeah. I mean. I, Is it yeah. that bad? No, I'm saying. But I mean, like, if that's on the table, you don't do that? No, I, I, of course I would. But I think, I think Nylander is, is like, yeah, I mean, Nylander. To me, Nylander, Konechny, Teravainen, Hintz, that's, that's the, um, the, the tier that you're looking for in a, in a hockey trade, one-for-one, one, if you trade D'Angelo. And yeah, the that's, thing the, is, that's the going rate. The thing is, we don't have to have D'Angelo. No, we don't have – and that makes it even – and that makes the trading more, that much more powerful. Is that we don't have to. You, it has, has to be a, a deal that both teams look at and go, man, we're a lot better now if we do this. <laughs> so, Rangers recap. 
year. Is there anything else we didn't discuss from the Rangers' point of view? Um, no, yeah, maybe maybe the fact that if if the next two games, if we win the next two games this weekend, it might change the whole perspective for Monday, and we might not trade anyone. I don't think so, dude. I don't. I, I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't think that changes anything. To be honest with you. Um, where do you think Zbanejad's gonna finish point wise? He might he might crack eighty points, dude. Do you think he will Which crack? Is absolutely points? fucking insane. He will crack eighty points when he missed like ten games. Yeah, isn't that insane? That's 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 pretty crazy. That's insane, dude. Like if I'm, you look at his if you look at his 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 actual pace per game, he's close to one hundred points. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just that he missed, he missed, you know, thir- 12, 13, which is not a lot of, ge- you know, that's not a lot of games. He missed basically like two weeks of hockey. That's what he missed. Not a lot. He didn't miss very much, Yeah, but he missed enough where it, you know, if you're talking about being one of the higher point total guys in the league, you know, he would have been there if he would have had those games, but that just shows you like the, the impact that Sabanajev has had on this team. Like how, how, like I always talk about this. The two players on this team that make this team go are Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad. Those are the two guys. You just, you just when they ask for money, it's like, what do you want? You want ten million dollars? It's ten million. That's it. Because yeah. they're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna spearhead your team. You build your team around those two guys, and you find ways of getting high end talent at a cost level production around those two guys, and that's how you build a contender. Or at least that should be the Rangers' model moving forward. You just and, let those guys. You build around those two guys. That's that's your model. And do you know who makes this all possible? Who? Ryan Strom. <laughs> Ryan Strom. Because <laughs> Ryan Strom plays with Panarin and puts up 50, 60, maybe even 65 points this season. I'm going to get you a Ryan Strom t-shirt. Look, I'm just saying, Ryan Strom's chemistry with Panarin gives us the flexibility to put Zibanejad on the other line. And now we have two top lines. Think about it. Eh, but, eh, I can't. Look, Look, I would no, never no, put, I no, 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 his, no, no. his overall game this year has been very good. I will allow you to bring it up as long as you mention, as long as you mention what he did to uh, to Marshawn. Yeah, of course. Him, him pushing Marshawn was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> That's my favorite he's moment. Get, he's of getting season. in there like, yeah, fuck you too, and I'm like, yeah, had a boy, boots. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying he's had he's had a very he's. Like he, if I had to pick one player on this Ranger roster that I could sit here and say who has made the biggest jump in their game, maybe not, maybe not actual, maybe not production in terms of their point totals and their, you know, their advanced metrics, maybe not, but just their their play, their 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 consistency in, in you know game in game out, their intensity level. Like he has really he has dialed in and made a big difference in his game. He just. He looks a lot more like I'm ready to play hockey every day. Like there's no more where like there are definitely some games where I, I used to watch with Booch where it was like just he was a little invisible. And then the next day he'd come in and he'd be fucking killing people. And I'm like, where? I mean, 
you know, the consistency was the, was the only thing with Bruce. It was never about skill level. It was, it was never about that. It was always consistency. And yeah. now it's like he's dialed into that consistency where he's bringing that, that, that level every night. And he's kind of he's kind of, maybe 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 David Quinn got to him. Maybe this is the coach that's for him. I don't know, but he's definitely been the bright spot for me uh, in terms of like a guy that I can hang my hat on. And say you've made a huge stride this year, kid. Like you you deserve the ice time you get, and it's well deserved. Yeah, and and he, he's still on pace for fifty points. Yeah, which is I mean, and think about it this way: if let's say down the road you're able to like you know let's say. He one day is on your third line because Capo Caco is just an absolute superstar, you know, or something. Or, you know, you have so many elite, elite young forwards. He becomes like your he, – he's on your third line. He's putting up 40, 50 points. You know how awesome that is? I and mean, you become the Boston Bruins. Yeah, and that's and that's what, if you want to be a contender for over a decade, you need a guy like Butchnevich on your third line. If you have that on your third line, then, then you're set. I could, it, not, I could not agree more. I mean, that's that, and that's the key to success is where Buchnevich, it's not that Buchnevich is not worth top six minutes. That's not what I'm saying. Where your top six is so good that you're forced to put Buchnevich on the third line because you're just too, you're too, you're too deep. Yep. Then you become a very dangerous team where it's like now it becomes pick your poison where, you know, the, the, your opposing team says, okay, I'm going to shut down your first line. And then your third line with Buchnevich and Strom or whatever, you know, they, they put up some goals. And I'm like, oh, fuck, well, who do we stop then? And it's like, it's pick your poison. It, it reminds me a bit of the year we went to the cup final in 2014, where our third line was uh, Benoit Pouliot, Derek Broussard, and Matt Zuccarello. And that's a, that's a ridiculous third line. That was probably the best third line in the league that year. Yeah. Or at, like top three, maybe, probably the top three third line in the league. I, and that's what you need. You, you need depth, and, and that separates that separates good teams from elite teams. Is that when you've got your when your third and fourth line can kill you on a nightly basis, you become a very dangerous team to play against. Because it's not just about your superstars. It's about okay, well, what happens when I shut down mm-hmm. my superstars? Who's going to beat me? You know, it's because, it's. it's because I mean, I don't, I don't want to compare this to other sports, but like, you know, back in the day. It, you, like the reason why the you know people always talk about the the, the mid nineties you know Chicago Bulls right the, the the only reason why they were good was because of Jordan that's some of that's true but you know what a lot of teams had this mentality that's like okay the the only way to beat Jordan and the Bulls was let Jordan do what he did let him have fifty points shut everybody else down and they and sometimes you would beat beat the Bulls that way because you had to you had to account for so many players but when you started thinking only about all uh, Jordan all the other players killed you. And that's just what it comes down to. That's team sports, you know, like superstars, like look at Artemi Panarin. You know what he's doing now? And same thing with Mika Zibanejad. They're drawing double teams. They're drawing the better defenders. Mm-hmm. And that's what's giving everybody else open opportunities to score. Yeah. And, and the, the Bulls team you mentioned, um, and we, we went over this a few weeks ago when we were talking about Kobe Bryant. I'm not a big basketball fan. Um, I struggled to name 10 NBA teams, but you and can't name I, 10 NBA teams? I think you could. Nah. Okay. Uh, maybe. Maybe. If you, give, if you give me like five full minutes, I, I can get to 10, maybe 15. But I'm not a basketball guy. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Go ahead. Uh, but when, when I was in high school in the 90s, when I think back to the 90s and you ask me to name five NBA players, the first three that I can think of is Michael Jordan, Dennis Putman, and Scottie Pippen. 
<laughs> yeah, they're all on the same team. Yeah, and then oh, oh, and then, then there's of course Shaquille O'Neal. Right. And and that's I don't after that I don't know. Did Kobe Bryant play in the nineties? Uh late nineties. Oh. You know, he's he start he started in the late nineties. Yeah. Okay. But so he did. He doesn't really count then. Like a player that was in the nine to play in the nineties. Um, I I would consider him a nineties player because he started there, but. His his dominance was in the 2000s. Oh, oh, there was a guy named Magic. Yeah, yeah, he was. He he's more of the late eighties, early nineties. Was Magic Johnson? Magic Johnson. Yes. That, that's, look, that's a porn star name if I ever heard one. <laughs> uh, there's so many. There's there's so many places I can go there, but I just won't. <laughs> Magic Johnson? Are you kidding me? We're just gonna we're just gonna skip over that one. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, circling back to the Rangers, what I wanted to bring up quickly is how good Kako Capo Kako has been since the All Star break. Oh, he's played actually very well. He's he's played a lot better. Um, the Rangers, by the way, have won I think six of their last seven games. <laughs> five of their last six. Uh, what game did they lose? Oh, the only game they lost was the Boston game, right? Uh, they lost Boston. They lost to the Sabers as well, but that was that was already two weeks ago. Okay. Uh, they beat the Kings, the Jets, the Wild, the Blue Jackets, and the Blackhawks. Hmm. Okay. But Kapokako, since that that All Star break where he got to fly back to Finland and be with his family for a few days, since he came back from that, he's been a better player. It looks like he got the break that he needed the most. Yeah, I would agree with that. Oh, and you know the whole mom mom strip that they did this week. Yep. I was kind of sad that I didn't see Kako's mom in that in that whole in you know in that group. Where was she? I don't think she's there. No, I'm saying, but is there a reason why she wasn't? Well, maybe because she cannot get off work and she lives and works in Finland. And... Ah, okay. I mean, you know, people always say, oh, but, but you know, the players can, can, can pay for the flights. Yeah, but there's more to it than that. I mean, not everyone can just take a week off work. I can, but not everyone. You, you, have, you work? <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm just going to say it before you do, because it's going be, to be brought up anyway. Yeah. Um, no, but it, it was a bit sad that all the moms are there and Kako's mom. I just didn't, I just didn't see her in that group. That that just, yeah, made me a little sad. But yeah, well, it makes me sad that you actually think you have a job and you don't. <laughs> look, look, there's this guy on Twitter who always jokes that I work for Spectre because he doesn't believe that I have a normal job. You know, he's probably right. He calls me Blofeld. He's probably right. Oh my god. He's probably right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I have a mission in New York next month, so Okay. What's what's your what's what what's your mission what's your mission? What's your mission? Or you're not allowed to talk about it? Uh no, it's 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 confidential, but I'm going of course, to of course, of course it's confidential. Of course. It's confidential. I I, I can I cannot disclose the, that information. Of, of course. <laughs> no, but I'm I'm going to to uh, to two new uh, NHL arenas. Oh, that's kind of cool. I'm going to, and you know, uh, this is going to sound weird as a Rangers fan, but I'm quite. A- 
I'm going where, to the Barclays Center and the Coliseum. Oh, the, Col- the Coliseum is terrible. Yeah, but I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to add it to my list before they break it down. No, I understand that. I'm actually going to California next month for a week, and um, it's going to be opening day for baseball. And I might, I might actually go to a Dodger game out there because one of my things is to go to like every single baseball stadium ever. And I've been to, I think like. I think like a dozen so far. So, and Dodger Stadium is one of them I haven't knocked off my list yet. So, yeah, I understand. I understand why you would do that because I do the same thing with baseball stadiums. So I get it. I, I never understood the name Dodgers for a baseball team. Isn't it the point to catch the ball instead of dodging it? I I, I don't know because they were never really the Los Angeles Dodgers. They were the Brooklyn Dodgers before that, and I don't know why they were called the Brooklyn Dodgers. I don't know. There were were they dodging taxes or what? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe cops. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Dodging the law. I have no idea. I don't know. You know, you know. It's, I never thought about that. You know, the same thing with, like, the New York Knicks. Were they really the New York Knickerbockers? Like, isn't that just, like, pants? Yeah, they, they, they are named after pants, but they don't wear pants. <laughs> they wear shorts. Okay, we, we're going to have to end this episode because this is getting a little weird. <laughs> All right. So just to, just just to recap uh, one more time. Um, so Crider is going to Boston. Sauce is going to Nashville, and uh, Georgiev is going absolutely nowhere. Yeah. And do you know why Tampa Bay will not win another cup? Why is that? Because lightning never strikes twice. <sighs> you, 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 you and your fucking bad jokes. <laughs> You, 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 your, your jokes are filled with more cheese than a pizzeria. Seriously. <laughs> hey, man. Um, I, I, I stole shoes off of a drug dealer. I don't know what he laced them with, with but I was tripping all, all, uh, all day long. So. Oh, <laughs> you, still, you don't stop, do you? No, I never stop. I never stop. Right. Uh, so Monday, Monday is the trade deadline. We will have an episode mm-hmm. um, after the trade deadline, literally like the, the day of or the day after we will release that one. Um, I don't think we're going to release anything this weekend, even if something really big breaks. I think we're just going to wait for the deadline to pass, right? Yeah, which is going to record at 3 p.m. on Monday, which will be 9 p.m. for me. And okay. that's when like, like the, the finalized trades come in and we'll just go over it as it crosses our screens, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Well, have a good weekend, and uh, let's see how these next two game games go. I don't think it really matters from the Rangers' rebuilding point of view, even though some people think that. Yeah. But um, I'm interested to see what happens with, with with the players and what direction they they, they go, and um, and let's see who's right. Whether Chris Kreider is a is a Ranger on uh, on Monday night. Yeah. Oh, and uh, we're actually playing the worst managed team in the league tomorrow. Who are we playing tomorrow? The San Jose Sharks. Oh, just, oh my goodness. We, we, we should do a whole episode just on the San Jose Sharks because they actually, they actually deserve it. Yeah, the Minnesota Wild might, might be the worst managed team of the decade, but the worst managed team of the last two years is definitely the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. It's unbelievable yeah, I... how the Ottawa Senators managed to recoup their biggest mistake in franchise history by giving up a top-four pick, by trading Eric Carlson to the Sharks and now getting a lottery pick from that trade. It's insane. It's insane. It is absolutely insane. So I will have what's up? We'll see. Hurricanes tonight, sharks tomorrow. 
I'll stay up for both games. And uh, yeah, I guess after that, we'll know if, if something's happening on Monday. Yeah. All right. Have a good weekend, Steve. And let's chat on Monday and see where things are at. All right. Talk to you on Monday.